Today is Thursday, July 22nd. The title for our devotional is The Mark of Genuine Faith. Yesterday we emphasized that this combination of the love of God with the love of people was a hallmark of Jesus' ministry. This was also a hallmark of the early church, a theme that the Apostle John particularly picked up on, and he doesn't mince words on the significance of loving others. 1 John 4.20-21 says this, If anyone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that is, from Jesus. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. When John says brother here, he's referring to his fellow believers in Jesus and members of the church. This is about as strong a statement on this topic as one can imagine. If you claim to love God but hate your brother or sister in Christ, your love for God is not genuine, John says. You don't really love God. So in this sense, how we love one another is the test for how we love God. So to examine how much you truly love God, look no further than how much you love the people in church around you. This also means the most, quote, religious people are not necessarily those who have the most knowledge of scripture, or those who sing with the most passion in worship, or those who serve the most or give the most. It is those who love others the most. Those actions can, of course, be a reflection of love for others and love for God, but do not by themselves equal love. James echoes this idea as well. In James 1.27, he says, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. James points it out quite clearly that the... the <laughs> kind of grungy work of looking after orphans and widows in their distress that often goes unrecognized without the fanfare is true religion. So if we thought that John's statement that those who claim to love God but hate their brothers are really liars was pretty strong, he takes it even a step further. First John 3, 14, he says, we know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Here, our love for our brothers and sisters in Christ indicates that we have passed from death to life. That is, we now have the life of Christ, the eternal life that he gives us. Therefore, John is saying that if we do not love our brothers and sisters in Christ, we are not abiding in the life that Christ has, but we are in fact abiding in death. So how we love is an indication of nothing less than our salvation, of having the life of Christ. None of this is mere hyperbole from John. Jesus in his farewell discourse emphasizes the primacy of love for one another as well. John 13, 34 to 35, he says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, he says, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So again, Jesus gives this new command. It's new in the sense that it is defined by his sacrifice on the cross for them. That, that becomes the, the ultimate source or the ultimate definition of love is when Jesus gives his life for them and that then becomes our standard for love. So therefore, it's a new command that Jesus gives them. And then he goes on to say that this is how everyone will know that you're my disciples is how you love one another. That love for fellow brothers and sisters in Christ should be 
the defining characteristic of a follower of Jesus. These are, again, very strong words and a major emphasis on loving one another. Yet, in spite of Jesus and the apostles' extreme emphasis on the significance of loving others and the connection between loving God and loving our neighbors, we, we still overlook this in the church today. The temptation to viewing religious things like Bible knowledge, expressive worship, giving, effectiveness, salvations, people coming to know Jesus because of your work in ministry, serving, etc. Uh, the temptation to viewing those things as the primary indicators of a person's formation is so strong. We as Christians constantly gravitate to these as indicators of our religious piety in part because they are easier than loving others. They're not more simple in concept, but they certainly are more simple in action. We can simply check the box of serving without reflecting on whatever, on whether or not we are serving out of love for others or whether or we may be serving out of a selfish motivation and ambition to make either ourselves feel good or to gain some social credibility, for example, just to pick one of those. But this is not the kingdom community that Christ has called the church to be. There is no version of Christianity in which followers of Jesus can claim to love God while at the same time be selfish, be cruel or rude or straight up hate people within the church. This is to completely miss the way of Jesus. And it indicates the life of Christ does not abide within that person. For Christians being formed into the image of Christ, we must constantly be examining our heart to see if our religious activities are motivated by loving God and others, or if they come out of some other more selfish, sinful motivation. For additional content, I've included a quote from Francis Schaeffer, which reads, Love and the unity it attests to is the mark Christ gave Christians to wear before the world. Only with this mark may the world know that Christians are indeed Christians and that Jesus was sent by the Father. And one more quote from Dallas Willard. He says, Love comes to us from God. That must be our unshakable circle of sufficiency. Our purpose must then be to become one who loves others with Christ's agape. That purpose, when developed, will transform the social dimension of the human self and all of our relationships to others. Love is not a feeling or a special way of feeling, but the divine way of relating to others and oneself that moves through every dimension of our being and restructures our world for good. For reflection, before today, if I were to have asked you what marks a person who loves God, what would you have said? Next, reflect on your love for others within the church. Is there anyone that you need to recommit to loving?